remember when we were like, we're just gonna wear these shirts and like everyone's gonna ask us what it is and they're gonna stop and then we're gonna tell them and they're gonna be like, oh my God, let us buy, like we need this. <laughs> we thought this was our our big, our big moment. Our big right? break. Yeah, because- The gym's gonna buy it. Yes, yeah. and it was just so funny because we were so embarrassed. Welcome to En Route, the Power of Travel podcast. We are your hosts, Kim and Aaron. And in this episode, we are going to talk about how we were never, ever meant to work a nine to five grind and how we realized we were entrepreneurs way before we even knew what that word meant. Welcome to the podcast. We are your hosts, Kim and Aaron. Woo woo. We're getting better at introducing ourselves. <laughs> Just by saying our names. Just by saying our names. And we are healthcare travelers. We are entrepreneurs. We are huge world travelers. And yeah, and in this show, we like to talk about the lifestyle of a healthcare traveler, how we were able to start traveling the world, make more money, have more time, have more freedom to explore other passions that lit us up and become entrepreneurs. So we like to really talk about everything that this lifestyle has brought to us through our own stories and bringing other people on who have traveled and started businesses and just really highlighting how amazing this lifestyle really is. And hopefully our plan is to take a year to go travel the world once the pandemic dies down. And we'll also be sharing all about that one day soon. Fingers, one day soon. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Okay, but before we jump into this episode, we want to talk to you about this week's supporter. And once again, it is our online course, Traveler's School, because if you want the lifestyle that we talk about in this podcast, you got to start somewhere. And so we created an online course that helps guide you through the fundamental steps of becoming a successful healthcare traveler. From A to Z. Yeah. Like it walks you through the whole process step by step. Once you enroll, you get lifetime access, you get instant access to all seven modules, the podcast, the or the it's a private podcast that's specifically for the traveler school students. Not this one. Not this you one. You already have yeah. this one. A Facebook group, all the bonuses, everything. And this week we are actually offering a 30-minute coaching call for anyone who enrolls. So Traveler School is a self-paced course, so you can enroll whenever and you can go through it at your own time, at your own pace. But this week, with the with the purchase, you're getting the 30-minute coaching call, which is something that we haven't done in a very long time. We used to do it all the time and it adds a lot of value because you're able to save that call for whenever you feel ready and you can ask us about anything, specifically helping you find housing, going over a pay package, comparing a contract, how to finagle your current pay package to make more money. So there's a lot of value in that one-on-one -on -one call. Yeah, that used to be a lot of fun to be able to talk to the travelers after. But I do know, I want to say finally though, the course itself it can get really confusing out there online, just really searching on the YouTubes, the Googles, and and basically trying to type in questions that you don't even know you have. And so we wanted to solve that by creating this course and then to throw that offer on that, you know, once you get in that course and once you get out there, you can call us and just pick our brains and we can help you um, become the most successful healthcare traveler. Perfect. 
So if you're interested, go check it out at kimandarong.com forward slash t-school. And also that link will be in the show notes. So you can just click that and it will walk you through exactly what you get inside the course. And you can go ahead and enroll and get started today. Okay, this podcast is one that I have always wanted to do. It was sparked on our last road trip coming through Arizona. We were listening to another podcast, and I don't think I've ever hit pause on more podcasts than this one. It just triggered so much and so many, I guess I would say like I was gathering language around feelings of how I felt in the past. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah, like you were able to put language around something that you felt but didn't really know how to express it or yes. talk about it. Yeah. 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 We were literally listening to this awesome podcast and every two seconds Aaron would hit pause <laughs> and then want to talk for an hour about what we just listened. It was such a great conversation. It was. But it was funny because you were just like having all these aha moments like mm-hmm. every two seconds. I'm like, wow, this is so awesome. That's why I love road trips. Yeah. Side note, we have some of our best conversations and ideas just from like being on the open road, not really having service, listening to podcasts or books, and just having like really engaging conversation. Well, you're also in the car for six, right. seven, eight hours straight. Yeah. You know, so it, it's literally become our think tank. It is our think tank. What was our driving dream? Was that what it was? One of our ideas. Yeah, drive and dream or something like that. Dream into drive. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. We have no idea. <laughs> Whatever. But it was a totally random podcast and it was um, something based off of uh, one of the companies we're using for Amazon to build our backpacks. Um, They're actually helping us with our copy and things like that. And so we were listening to the CEO's podcast. It's called Actualize Freedom. And so really good podcast, but he had a guest on that just really sparked a lot in me. It really sparked a lot. And and so we're trying to organize this podcast. We were really trying to talk about it because we wanted to tell our journey of kind of realizing we are entrepreneurial before we even knew what that word meant because entrepreneur that's such a buzzword now right there's more conversations about it communities about it it's cool to be an entrepreneur there's so many different ways to start companies now like it's very mainstream but way back in the day (laughs) we're like (laughs) 10 years ago, I mean, even before that, mm-hmm. it wasn't something that was really talked about, at least in like the the circles that we ran in or like the influences we had in our life. I didn't really even know what that was. And so we're like, how can we construct a an episode where we can share kind of how we were always being led on to the fact that we were different and that we were quote unquote entrepreneurial but then also wanting to share it for the the community that's listening that if anything we're saying is sparking something in you, it's such a great opportunity, especially in today's age, to explore all these different avenues that we can go down. Yeah. And I mean, back in the day, you got to think like I thought an entrepreneur was somebody who opened a restaurant. Yeah. I literally thought that. But now as social media has advanced, as the internet has advanced, there's literally... You dream it, you can build it. And oh. there's so many options to do. And there's so many different niches or niches, whatever, however you pronounce the word, that you can really dive into. And the world is yearning for that. 
Uh, and one of the cool things that we're seeing is just even in this healthcare traveling industry, there's so many entrepreneurs, there's so many people doing cool things and starting these side businesses that are geared towards this travel community. And being a healthcare traveler is one of the, the best possible things that you can do to start something on the side. Right, because you have more time, you have more money. You're on, you're meeting new people, you're going different places, you're exposed to new things and new ideas, and that, which we'll get into in this episode, was really what sparked or brought the language around. Oh my gosh, like we we want to create something. Mm-hmm. We want to we want to do something other than working in the hospital. We want to create our own business, have our own time be creative, do work that feels meaningful and impactful. And starting to travel really opened us up to that. It did. And I think all of our conversations always lead back to the fact that if it wasn't for healthcare traveling, I don't know what we would have done. Like healthcare traveling really did catapult and us into this entrepreneurial world, but also looking at the perks and the benefits that have allowed us to explore a lot of these options and either make a U-turn and and do something else, or I just don't think it was ever failures. And the uh, healthcare travel world allowed us the time, freedom, and money to explore those options to that whatever endpoint it was. Yeah. To then start something else and be inspired by another idea. Yeah, a hundred percent. Which we'll get into because we've tried a lot of different things. Yeah. And it's. It's kind of funny. We were laughing about a story earlier of just like, oh my gosh, like we were such a hot mess. But it was, but I look back and I'm like, wow, like kudos to us for just trying, Mm -hmm. for putting ourselves out there and like trying something different and seeing how it lands and seeing how it feels. And okay, that wasn't really the thing. Like, let's try something else. And we just kept following things that we were interested in at the Mm -hmm. time and taking a step towards, you know, doing something fun and creative with it and seeing what landed and what didn't. And for us as healthcare travelers, our course, Traveler School, was the first uh, big entrepreneurial venture that we went on that was a huge success mm-hmm. in this community. Yeah. And we were like the first people to create a course. So it also was like this weird time. And But it was like we were so passionate about, you know, teaching and helping new travelers. And like we were obsessed with the travel life and we wanted to help new travelers. So we're like, you know, again, this course is what we wanted when we first started traveling let's take some action we have the idea let's take some action on that create it bring it to life and here we are where we created this incredible community and but also successful course i also think under the underlying um personalities of healthcare travelers right you're literally leaving your hometown you're bouncing around all the time you're having to make decisions quickly you're having to you know, negotiate a lot of times with your own pay package and where you want to go and you're doing interviews and you are a self-employed healthcare professional. So you're already building the skills of an entrepreneur, but also on top of that, like what is entrepreneurship? You literally find a hole in the market or find a need in the market and fill it. Yeah. You find a problem, find it. Yeah. Find a void. You have this cool creative idea, something that you're inspired by, excited about, like you can add value to the void mm-hmm. and then you bring that to life. And make it accessible. And make it accessible for yep. people, right? That's kind of the whole the whole point of it. Yeah. So I think what we wanted to kind of dig into is each of our own prior, you know, work history vibe 
and kind of showing a that we were very different because okay the whole point of that i guess is saying like i think people think at least like the, if you're an entrepreneur you came out of the womb an entrepreneur like you've always had ideas you've always like you started a lemon actually i did have a lemonade stand oh god okay oh, that's god. i was an entrepreneur from the beginning is that where you get your waitressing from and i was a girl scout whoa so i had a cookie business okay okay so i guess i was not nah, looking back i think i always was entrepreneurial but um, you know, we listen to Gary V who's, you know, if you don't know Gary V, he's just like this huge entrepreneur, like for the online space. And he's always projecting, you know, different trends with social media and things like that for online businesses. And he, you know, he was such a hustler from day one. Yeah. You know, Baseball ha- cards and comic books and selling candies. I mean, it was just constant. Yeah. And I always thought, well, I wasn't like that. So. Mm-hmm. Do I not have the genes? Yeah. It, do I not have the genes? Am I not a hustler? Maybe I, I'm not. I wasn't. Like, I never realized I was entrepreneurial growing up because I never really felt like that. Or knew what the word meant. Right. And you hear a lot of entrepreneurs telling their story where from a young age, they had these companies. They started or like had uh, lawn companies and like all these different things that they were always just in that mindset of how can I make money on the side, doing something that I'm good at, bringing value to a community and making a living doing so. Well, Lost LeBlanc had that lawn cutting business and then realized like he was wasting his time doing it himself. So then he started hiring people and then created an entire company while still in high school instead of working like construction. Yeah. I mean, it's like that mindset. I just never never had had that mindset. I never did either. And I think that's what's interesting is that now that we're, you know, in our thirties, we do consider ourselves entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And again, that's a word we're very familiar with, but for, I never considered myself that growing up. Right. So the interest, so Here's the thing is like, I always, I hated working. Okay. <laughs> so like my first job was at Subway. I was a sandwich artist. Oh my God. And then I was a server for many years, which Aaron like always makes fun of me for like assuming I wasn't a good server, but I was like a badass server. Babe. You were terrified of your boss. I'll give you there that. There was one story. Okay. Well, basically the pizza came out wrong. <laughs> The customer complained and said, this wasn't our pizza. And Kim said, sorry, and turned around and walked away. (laughs) In my opinion, that's not a good service. They were my friends. And I was terrified because my boss would ream my ass. He was a scary dude. Shout out to Eduardo because he did make a mean pie. Yeah. But he was so scary. And so I knew that if I had to bring the pizza back I was gonna be in big trouble so I just said sorry guys like it was like super spicy and hot like their like lips were bleeding I was like you suck it up okay like suck it up and eat it eat it okay so that was like the one time I mean spilling ranch dressing and scooping it back into the thing because you didn't want to waste it mozzarella cheese oh yeah I spilled ranch dressing all over uh his mom (laughs) (laughs) okay the guy who delivered the food who is he, like he oh was, the vendor the vendor who came to bring the food or the account whatever he had like a ten piece suit on like you know dressed to the nine like just super fancy it's three piece you wouldn't have a ten piece babe it's not a ten piece band that's like a lot of yeah. 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 <laughs> but I spilled like a whole jug of ranch dressing on it like all over him from his the tippy top of his like spikes on his hair to like 
his feet completely those huge things of Hidden Valley Ranch dressing just and he just like looked at me like nobody knew any like what what do you do right and I was just like sorry (laughs) got back to work okay and ran a tight ship there was no time so you know I didn't like working I just remember like working at Eduardo's and like staring out the window and seeing people just like walking by or going to the grocery store because it was in like a grocery store plaza and just being like oh my gosh I wish I could just be free like I always felt caged inside any job that I did and just the idea of clocking in and clocking out and doing mindless work that I could literally give a shit about on someone else's agenda, it just like, it just made me feel so just like you were just kind of going through the motions and just kind of like going to like get stuff done. And like, I never cared. I just literally never cared about what I was doing. And I dreaded going to work. And I was just like, I'm just not a worker. I'm just not a worker bee. Funny story. Um, This is kind of, I feel like this just puts it into perspective of like the kind of worker I was, (laughs) but I was, I was in college. So I was about to graduate and and start ultrasound school. So, or start like my job as a sonographer. So I was like almost at the end of like my serving career and I was (laughs) so done. I was so done. And I went into work and I was working in another place, another pizza place and I, I was supposed, I had like two weeks left or something until I was done. I, and I had just walked out. I was like, I'm done. I'm so done. I don't want to be here. Like I'm, I'm just over this. And I walked in and I was like talking to everybody and I was like, I can't believe it's my last day. And they're like, what? I thought your last day was, you know, whatever. Two weeks yeah. From now. And I was like, no, silly. Because they knew I was going to start ultrasound. They knew I was leaving. Like, at least they knew that part. But I was like, no, it's today. Like, can you believe how fast it came? Like, I I was, like, such an actress. Like, I just got... I'm like, can you believe how fast it went? Like, this is my last day in this apron. Like... I was so excited. They were like, um... We have it on the calendar that your last day I was, day like, is erasing like, it off yeah. the calendar. But but I just sold it, and, and I never went back. Like, I was literally hands... Like, I was done. And so, um, yeah, I guess I just never really felt like I enjoyed work. And then I actually ended up taking that whole energy and vibe into ultrasound... Because anyone who knows me knows that I don't love ultrasound. Like, ultrasound has always been a means to an end to me. It's like, I went into it. I didn't have a whole lot of guidance or influence from the people around me to say, hey, like, what do you want to do? What interests you? What are you passionate about? What do you want to go to school for? Like, I never had that. And so it was just like, oh, I can, one of my friends did ultrasound. I could go to school. It was two years. You made really good money. I could do it right away. So I could get my independence. And so I thought, hey, let's go do that without really putting a lot of thought into it. And so I carried that like feeling of unfulfilled, bored, stagnant. I don't like what I'm doing. I don't really care what I'm doing into my ultrasound career. And here we are 13 years later, which again, it's it's served so much in so many ways. And I and I'm a good sonographer and I always am present in there with my patients and do a good job. But it's still that same feeling of kind of looking out the the glass at the hospital and just being like, 
I feel so confined. I feel like my soul's dying. I just feel like every time I clock in, it's like, this is just not, this isn't for me. It was like, sometimes you just feel like this just isn't for me. It feels like I have to be a completely different person to show up and, and do this particular job. And so, you know, I carried that with me for all these years and you know, the last thing I'll say is, again, like I was not like a Gary Vee where I had all these ideas where I was sitting and just like, oh, I should do this and I should do that. Like I never really thought about that kind of stuff, but I knew that I wanted, I was always very creative. So I knew that I wanted to do work that felt more meaningful. Like I knew that I was like, this can't be it. Like this literally cannot be what life is or I'm going to like, end it like this is not for me like to spend this amount of time working for a paycheck but to be so unfulfilled and have like a spiritual death a physical death just like a like ugh, every mm-hmm. time you're there I knew that that wasn't gonna work for me I gotta say you telling this story I don't know if I've even ever told you this but it triggered that I remember at the beginning of our, of our relationship I was a little concerned <laughs> because I remember the time that I came home for lunch and we lived close to the hospital. I came home for lunch and you were there and I was like, what happened? You're like, I quit. Remember when you quit downtown? And I was like, you quit. What do you mean you quit? And you're like, surprise. Like I'm not working there anymore. I hated it. And I was just like, you, you just, you just can't quit. Like at that, you know what I'm saying? Like in my head, I was like, you, like, are you kidding me? And you didn't have a plan for yeah. anything else. You're like, oh, well. Well, it's not like we had a lot of money. Right. And so there was that feeling that I was like, oh, my God. Like, this are you just going to be one of those that just doesn't work? Like, I don't like it and I quit. Right. Which is so funny because, again, I said, like, I always felt like I didn't have a work ethic. But it wasn't that because with our business, we'll spend. That's what I was going to say. 12 hours a day working on stuff. I actually love to work. I'm motivated by work. I feel productive when I have things to do and I'm, you know, getting stuff done. And like, I love the energy of like when we're, you know, creating a podcast or when we were working on our course or building this Amazon store, like all these, like I get off on it. I absolutely love it. So it's like, I love to work and I love the, the whole aspect of working. I just realized all the work I had been doing, I fucking hated. So it felt like a slow death that I wanted to do anything to escape it. So I was just like, I'm not going, I'm quitting. I'm but the, I, you know. I think that entrepreneurial spirit, though, of what we were listening to in that podcast came out, though, because good on you. Circa where we're sitting on, on in this studio right now. I mean, granted, it could have went totally different ways. But looking at it from a level of, you were so strong in yourself to just be like, I'm not doing it and and leaving where most people would just stay miserable, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you had that mindset of just like, this doesn't work, I'm done and I'm going to find something that I enjoy yeah. because every day I'm going to wake up and enjoy what I do. And you found jobs in ultrasound that at, at least got the time. That got me going. That was a shit job that yeah. I quit. It was absolutely miserable and I don't regret it at all. And then you became the uh, mobile oh, ultrasound. And that oh, was God. like, and then you wrecked the van and like. That was a whole other yeah. situation. Anyway, we could go down a rabbit hole. I mean, just, we could do a podcast on just your we, stuff. We've had a lot of ultrasound jobs. But I will say this last thing I'll say and then I'll let you get into yours. But 
I think, again, that discomfort of this can't be what it is. Like, this is not my life. I did not sign. Like, I love all the aspects of my life, but the job that I'm doing every day to, like, support my lifestyle, like, that I don't accept it. Like, I'm unavailable for this. Like, there has to be a change. And I think from that level of discomfort really got to a point where it forced us to be like, okay, we got to do something different, which opened the door to healthcare traveling. And mm-hmm. that completely changed our life. 100%. Um, so from that discomfort came great change, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think uh, just getting into to my little backstory here, one thing that I absolutely am obsessed with is hindsight. And I know I talk about it to you all the time. Like if we could, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. like I think hindsight's our biggest tool and our biggest use of growth. And these podcasts that I've been listening to, very successful entrepreneurs, I, I pick up on, you, you pick up on things that are very, you know, personal to you. And I've been hearing a lot of them say school wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And I used to think like, if you said that, then you were just lazy. You never applied yourself or you just weren't smart. And like, I never thought that that was a cool, quote unquote, cool thing to say that you would never say that or whatever. But hearing it now, like I see myself in that. And it wasn't like I didn't like to learn. I loved learning new things that I was interested in. But I hated the fact that people told me I had to be at a class at a certain time and I had to sit there a certain time and I couldn't talk and I couldn't ask, you know, multiple questions that I wanted to ask or just whatever it was. So like school wasn't my thing. And it's funny in the hindsight moment, I look back and I was like, what, why would I go and waste my time in like a university to learn something that I don't even know what I'm passionate about to spend a whole bunch of money. And I had that in high school. Like I really felt that. And then I thought, well, if I get a scholarship to play sports, what is that going to do? Because I don't have the desire to go to school So I'm probably going to flunk out. And I just kind of had that mentality. And I always felt like there was something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And hearing a lot of these successful entrepreneurs talk, it's just a different mindset. It's a different way of an individual, how they learn, how they grow, and what they do. And so hearing that I was like kind of off the hook in a way Mm -hmm. was really enlightening. That there was nothing wrong with you. Correct. We're all made differently. Yeah, absolutely. And I think my biggest thing was where Kim said, I was a a kid of ideas, Mm -hmm. always. I was always, I always used to sit on my swing by myself for hours to where uh, one of my sister's ex-boyfriends actually said, do you feel like your neighbors feel like there's something wrong with you because they leave for work, you're sitting on the swing, and then they come back from work and you're still on the swing, you never left. And But I did leave, obviously, but that's how much I sat on the swing. But I would just think about ideas and things that I could maybe invent. And I think that came from my uncle, too. He used to push me every summer. He'd say, don't come back next summer until you've learned every bone in the body and that I can touch them and you tell me what they are. Or I need you to invent something for windsurfers to help them get up out of the water. Um, Just come back with an invention and we'll explore it. So he used to always push me. And I thought very highly of my uncle. And he was kind of a role model in that way. And and so I used to always have ideas, but I never followed through with them. And that's the thing. Never is like the action. I never did. I never thought it was possible for me. Like, cool, you have ideas, great. I did think that one day I would just need to get a job 
and then I could save up money and then invest in something. And that's just how I thought the role went, right? And that's how I thought that entrepreneurs were built. But it's funny because I was like writing some notes and I realized that early on, um, you know, when I got out of sports, I needed something quick. And my uncle again was like, hey, you've used to follow my x-ray techs around. Why don't you do that? It's quick. You make really good money. It's quick school and you don't have a lot of student loans. So you can come out making really good money. And you're not like me, who's a physician who has tons of student debt and it takes a while to start making money. You can do it right away. And so I was like, wow, that's perfect. That fits with what I want to do. It's hands-on. And so then therefore, like I can make a bunch of money as a young kid and then invest in something. And literally x-ray became my means to save money to invest in my own business. That was my thought process from the beginning. So when I was in x-ray school, I used to think of, you know, bars I could open on Church Street in Orlando, like healthcare theme bars where there's like sirens and they give discounts to healthcare workers and they do shots and syringes and just all those kind of things. And I used to run and buy a bunch of people. I remember you telling me about that. And and I actually thought it was a really good idea. And nobody was like, cool, man, like whatever. But my buddy was a uh, location specialist uh, in like a major. And so he's like, get a piece of paper and walk around to a hot spot where you think a bar would be and ask people to sign the petition to say they'd be interested in it. And so when you go to the bank to get a loan, do you have all these signatures of saying I'm interested? And I always thought that that was something I've actually carried with me, you know, um, throughout this whole well, now like, it's journey. Like social proof. Right. Social proof. Exactly. <laughs> you, know, you have enough people saying they're interested in your idea. Yeah. You know, it's exactly. worth bringing into life. And then so I did, um, golly, I used to think of bars, restaurants. I used to ask people, don't in, don't start a business unless you come to me because I want to invest at least 10%. And I just kind of like started really thinking about these. And then I started creating things on my own. I started making my own beer pong tables um, and like custom made beer pong tables. And they were fun and interactive and people love them. So I was like, well, I could do this. And remember, I almost approached that restaurant yeah. and asked them to... Well- you, so we used to go to the, an arena football game. We were like season ticket holders in Jacksonville and it was really fun. And so Aaron created this awesome beer pong table to take tailgating that was a replica of the stadium. Of the field, yeah. It was yeah. badass. It was so fun. And people always got such a kick out of it. Like, wow, this is so cool. Like, where'd you get this? And Aaron's like, I made this. And there were multiple people that were like, oh my gosh, like, will you make me one of X, Y, and Z? Will you make me one? And it really could have turned into something. But then it was like, oh, well... I'm going to make beer pong tables for the rest of my life. Like, it it took you so long to make. Like, you know. It wasn't scalable. Well, it was if I had, like, a business. Yeah, but it was a cool, it was a cool idea. Yeah, I mean, even the owners of the Sharks came down and actually took a picture of him shooting a ball. Yeah. I mean, it was a big deal. And then I used to, like, create bars and, like, bar experiences. Like, so then I wanted to do back porch bars and create, like, this whole thing. And people used to come over And then I actually was really funny. I created a MySpace page. And this was funny looking at like social media and where it was going. And I created a membership to bar mems. It was my bar on the back. And like people got deals and discounts. And they they were the ones that got the house cocktails that I would make. I'd make some weird cocktails. And then they got access to the VIP that was roped off by caution tape. And then they got photos of the parties they went to, I would send them the photos of it. So that was like their perk. So it's funny how you're creating like almost like a membership site, 
before membership sites were even created. Yeah. But basically, I mean, I mean there's like wedding DJ. I tried to create rally caps, which were inside out hats. I think like, I remember the rally caps too, which it's crazy because you always had so many ideas. From the moment I've met you, it was always like this idea and this idea and this idea. And it's like, wow, like there was so, you were always, you always were very entrepreneurial. Again, you didn't necessarily know what that even meant, but you always had these cool ideas that were like, wow, that's actually a great idea, but never the execution or the action taking of like, oh, how can I do that? And that was also before we, you know, listen to a bunch of entrepreneurial podcasts and we have entrepreneurial friends. And now you can talk about these things and you can be like, hey, this is your first step. You should think about this. Like we didn't have any of that. So it was mm-hmm. just kind of like, it was always, oh, I don't really know even how to go about that. You right. Know? And I never had any savings. And I literally, like I said at the beginning, I thought entrepreneurs were people that owned restaurants. And so I thought that's how you broke into the scene. You open yeah. a restaurant and then you can go from there. Once you have the clout and the real estate and the backing to do it, you can do anything. And so literally I thought that's the only path you could take. And so I never took risks like, because I never had the education around the fact of just going into a bank and saying like, I want a loan. Yeah. I think because you had so many cool ideas for businesses, I think thinking that uh, like a restaurant or something would be the only like legit, like sustainable, you know, kind of a business. And, but it's cool because, you know, when we were together, you would always have these crazy ideas. And I'm like, oh my God, like, how do you even come up with this shit? First of all, (laughs) but your brain just works like that. Like you are like such a visionary in that way where you have these like really cool ideas. And I also think I'm good at putting a plan yeah Mm -hmm. i get it i get a plan like i execute like yeah i like to come up with like a process of like hey let's go for it let's do it and so i think like coming from a place of being having so much discomfort and and the businesses or the businesses the work we were doing every single day you know nine the nine to five grind every single day and again all of your businesses were all our ideas were all like creative and fun and like something you were interested in something you were passionate in and so i think a merge of like your constant idea thinking and the discomfort we were in led to like some real conversations of us when we were living in Florida, both working, you know, the nine to five grind at the time, um, sitting and talking about all these different ideas. Like, okay, let's get serious about this. Like Mm -hmm. what could we do? Because we want to do something different. So like, let's get real about what our options are here. Mm -hmm. And we would just like talk, we came up with some crazy ideas. I mean, we would step them out really far and then we would get to, but how are we going to execute? But what's the first? Yeah, like how are we actually, we have no fucking money. Yeah. We had no money. We worked our butts off. Yeah. Okay, again. No like, days off. This is why we started traveling. But it's like, yeah, we had no time off, no money. We're like, how can we actually realistically do this? Um, but like we used to talk about opening an adult rec center. Where we did cooking classes yeah. and like community yeah, and oh like brought God. people together to do fun stuff like as adults. Grilled cheese truck. 
Remember that? Could, we actually explored. I explored. Before food trucks were cool, I'd like yep. to say. I explored we were always, warehouses to store the truck. And then yeah. I researched that we had to go to a church to like prepare. And like I went pretty far with that. We were always ahead of our time. We just never executed on what we were going to do. Like if we would have created a grilled cheese truck back then in Jacksonville, Florida, that would have blown up because uh-huh. there were no, there was, that wasn't a thing back then. There no. wasn't a lot of food trucks. Like now it's like this whole um, culture, but then mm-hmm. it was like, you know, few and far between. Remember right. curly fries? Oh yeah. Well, you were going to do all sorts of fries. Different fries, like, but really cool, unique fries. <laughs> you like, were going to do all your soups, your healthy soups with soup. my grilled cheese. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. We had, like you guys, we have come up. With some wild ideas. Our first actual real. Okay, so the first time we ever took the first step. I didn't know if you are going to bring this up. This is scary. Our first entrepreneurial journey, okay? There, this is so, like, cringeworthy to think about. It is. But we did it, right? Like, it was Mm -hmm. like, we took a step. We're like, okay, cool. Let's let's take this step. So there's this company called Vaisalis, okay? (laughs) P.S. They have a, I don't know now. I mean, this was a long time ago, but they had amazing protein powder. It oh, tasted yeah. like cake batter. It was amazing. So good. And this was a time when Aaron and I were really, and we still are, but like really into like health and fitness and working out and running and just, we had come through this whole transformation of- Lost a lot of weight. Lost weight and just got healthy. Like we got healthy together. That was kind of our thing at the time. And we were like all about it. So my sister, I don't even know, oh, her neighbor got her into it. So my sister looped us into it and she's like, there's an opportunity. (sighs) Okay, for you to buy into Vaisalis and make so much money. It's a pyramid scheme, by the way. Yeah, P.S. Like, it's a pyramid scheme. But you can become so rich. And, like, her neighbor's sister. That's who it was. She was a big dog. Super. She was very successful. Because you can, I mean, pyramid schemes, they are what they are. But there are opportunities to become successful if you, you know, do them right. She had the BMW, the Vice Alice yep, BMW. Which you got if you got to like a certain tier. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't really know about pyramid schemes or these business things. Like we didn't know anything about it. We just heard all you have to do is sell protein powder and that we already like and consume. And we're all about smoothies and healthy living. So we're like, how hard can that be? Like we live for this stuff. That's all you have to do. And like you're going to create a million dollar business. All you have to do is invest, I think, what was it, $700? It was our life savings at the time. Life, literally life savings. Okay, $700 is what we had in our savings account, which is still crazy. Yeah, I know. To think about. But like, we were like, we're, we're taking we a risk. We wiped it out. We're taking a risk. Because you had to buy like all these samples. Remember I kept and- saying, again, babe, it takes money to make money. <laughs> we so got to so invest nice. in this. We're so, yeah, we were like, because... The whole investment thing was like you had to buy all of these different samples and stuff because the thing was like you hosted by sales parties. parties and you got people to come over, which is what my sister did. She hosted, a, we went and that's how they sucked us in because Aaron and I were like, oh, we're not. At first we were like, I don't know about this. It's expensive. Like, Well, you know? and the BMW girl gained four extra people underneath her from that yeah. party. So Even, they got my dad. Yeah. My dad. Cause he's like, he was a salesman. So he's oh, like, yeah. oh, I got, he's like, was so unhealthy. He was like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to sell this. Like he invested like his life savings. Like, <laughs> They got all of us, okay? Actually, I shouldn't say they got us. Like, we all chose to do this. We thought it seemed like a cool opportunity. 
And looking back, oh my like, god, my brother-in-law bought a headset for like phone conversations <laughs> he had, like, and a like clipboard, and like he made like their dining room into like his office where you had to like knock and like because he was we were, I think we were under him and like accountability He's, like, Call calls, me boss. yeah. <laughs> Literally, Kim and I's sales pitch was, we'll just stay in shape, and then we bought Vaisala shirts, and one of them was a cutoff, and we'll just walk (laughs) around the beach with our shirts. And our gym. And our gym. Wait, hold on. Oh, God. Do you remember... Okay, so we had these shirts, and at the time we did, uh, we were big with TRX, and we went every Tuesday and Thursday to the class. It was like the same people, whatever. Do you remember when we were like, we're just going to wear these shirts and like everyone's going to ask us what it is and they're going to stop and then we're going to tell them and they're going to be like, oh my God, let us buy. Like we need this. Do you remember that? And then Washington, he like made, he was like, made fun of us. What is that? Yeah. I don't even remember what he said, but he was just like, Like, that's not real protein powder. Now this guy was a, he was ranked number six in the world in physique, like physique competitor, (laughs) like literally measured his chicken and like. Was hardcore. He had muscles on him that I didn't know existed. Yeah. Um, and he, but he was like slender and like in good shape. Oh, and he was Brazilian. He literally had no qualms about him. I guess you would say like I don't know what that means. no filter. Like he would literally he just be like, "What is that shirt? Like it's so stupid." And like we we were like, he's like, "Don't don't drink that." Like, mortified. We, we thought this was our our big our big moment. Our big break. Right? Yeah. Because the gym's gonna buy it. Yes, yeah. and it was just so funny because we were so embarrassed. Yeah. We also didn't know we didn't have like a rebuttal, like we didn't have like no. something to say back. So we just kind of felt like embarrassed. But that was like our marketing scheme because again, you could have the best product in the world, and this is a big takeaway for anyone who wants to start a business of any kind. You can have like the coolest thing ever, the coolest protein powder ever, but like. Who's going to buy it? Right. Like, you have to have community. You have to have an audience. You have to have people who are willing. And that trust you. Yeah, that are like, oh, awesome. You have this. I'll try it. Whatever. But obviously, this was way before social media, and we didn't have any of that. And so we just thought people were going to stop us on the street to ask us, oh, what's Vaisalus? And that we would, like, sell it to them. <laughs> I mean... I mean, the, th- the really think that through, like, some... Like, I've never stopped one person on the street based off their t-shirt never. and asked them a question. Never. Ever. I will say people do stop me when I'm wearing yeah. um, the Freedom and Scrubs like or Power of Travel. And people say, oh my gosh, like what is that? You know? Um, but yeah, it, it was just so funny because I just, I remember like going through all of our friends and just being like, you need this. Like you got to try I it. I forced my grandparents to buy it. The only customer we had was that we forced Aaron's Nana, like 85 <laughs> year old Nana to, or 80 year old Nana to like buy it. Yeah. Like that was our I customer. think she still has it. <laughs> my, oh. I think my sister still drinks it. I thought your sister bought some too. Uh, maybe. My I think mom, we had like yeah. a couple of friends actually buy it. But, like, that was basically the end of Isalis. We pretty much made no money. We invested our whole savings into it. But... It did spark something, though. It did spark something in us of just, like, wow. Like, that was the first action that we took towards something. Mm -hmm. And it really sparked us to say, we want to do something outside of the hospital. Mm -hmm. We want to build our own brand. And we can do it. Not with Vaisalis. Right. But we can do it. We just got to find out what it is. And I think the other thing that it sparked was that even though 
you know, the whole Vaisalis pyramid thing was, you know, not the jam, <laughs> uh, but we got, we really liked, we didn't know anything about that type of a business. So we started learning, which was fun, like learning about like marketing and just like different things. And then like the idea of like building something, mm-hmm. like the creating of something, it was fun. We were mm-hmm. like, wow, this, it didn't work out, but this was like a really cool thing. And it kind of gave us that spark to be like, okay, like what's next? I remember sitting outside and having um, meetings about what could we do? What creative ideas could we do to bring people you know, into Vaisalus? Mm-hmm. And just those conversations, I think what came out of Vaisalus was one, we realized that we wanted to put our creative energy into something. Two, we really enjoyed working together on a mm-hmm. business. It wasn't like we fought, you know, yeah, we, at this. Like we fun. actually like started to build a different kind of relationship that we had never had before. And I was like, I really enjoy having these creative conversations with you and building this together. Yeah. So then we're like, okay, well, we want to build a business together. We did realize that what we put into it, we get out of. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to do that moving forward. So we had a criteria. We just never knew what that was. And I know we've spoken about this in other podcasts, saying about the five things, like being creative, working together, what we put into it, we get out of being location independent, because that was another thing that we were like, man, if you sell by salads, you don't have to go to work. Like, look at what BMW girl does. Yeah. She she drives home. She works from home. She calls on the phone. She creates parties. Like, it's the lifestyle that we could have. And like, I I became addicted with that. It had nothing to do with Vaisalas. It basically put the parameters around what I could do and what life I could build. Yeah. We could build. It was the gateway. It showed us what could be possible. And at at the time, working from home... I I mean, I didn't really know, I didn't know anyone who worked from home. Like, they're stay-at-home moms, but, like, you actually work and have a career and have a business, like, from home. Like, that, I was like, I want, like, I think that was, I I want that. I want to be able to work from wherever I want, on my own time, be in control of my time. And nobody telling you to go to lunch or when to come back. When to come back and, and be able to work as long as I want to get stuff done and then take time off the next day if I want to. Like I just I was so attracted to that that I was like, that is what I want. Like, how can we create that for ourselves? And I think that's another big thing too, is you know, Vaisalis didn't work out, but just taking that action led to clarity, right? It led to the next step. And so taking action is the first, always the first step. It always gets you into motion. And we learn from that experience what we did want and that we did like working together. And we loved being in that creative mode and we wanted to build something and we wanted to like put energy into something and work, right? It was fun for us to like work on that together. Mm -hmm. And so that was another thing of like, I'm like, oh, it's not that I hate working. I actually really felt productive and it was fun. I was like, oh, I want to get into this. I just realized I didn't like the work I was doing and didn't right. want to do that. Well, anymore. I mean, and that's where we realized that we would spend eight, nine hours talking about Vaisalis oh and coming up with schemes and parties and things that we could do and like those creative things. And I realized eight hours went by, whereas we never had that. It yeah. was always like, you know, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? What TV show are we going to watch? And that was the first time that you and I really felt good about working long hours towards something we were passionate about. Yeah. And it did. And we took the good side of it left the bad side and continued on because yeah. I firmly don't believe in all these ventures, even all the ventures up, up until like speaking to you on this microphone right now, 
nothing was a failure. Things didn't work out for reasons that mainly were you and I realized, I don't want to do this like long term. This isn't exactly what I was like thinking it was going to be. But let's take what we learned and and pivot Mm -hmm. into the next step of maybe it's a little bit closer or a little bit closer, a little bit closer. And we've gotten to that point. It's like what we always say is like, take what you want, leave what you don't want work, take that with you. It didn't leave it behind and keep on going, you Mm -hmm. know? And, and so that kind of led into spider pub lifestyle. I just want to say, here's the thing. So when we, our first entrepreneurial thing we did as travelers, right, which was, this was a really exciting time because it was, we had just started traveling. Aaron was working. I was off for the first time in my life. And I was like, this is, this is a dream. Like I I had three months off work. I had never had that before. And I was like, well, other than when you quit work. I wasn't off for three months. I wish. That's true. I mean, I remember, this is so sad, but God, I even remember like, you know, when we first moved into our house, like have, and I was young, I was like 26 or I guess 26 or something. Cause it was right after we got married and being like, I just want to have a baby to get like a, uh, what is it? Vacation or what is it called? Maternity. Yeah. I wanted anything to like, just get some time off. And obviously I know it's very different, but it was still like, Ooh, I can get some time off or whatever. It's crazy. So I was like, Oh, I have three months off. Like, what can I do with this? And I was always creative. I love to write. And I always loved, you know, the, the idea of like the traveling aspect of like, sharing what we were doing where you know i love to like read about like where people were eating where they were going like finding the hole in the wall restaurants yeah like i had found travel blogs i'm like wow this is so cool and you know so i wanted to share the adventure and i thought wow i love writing i love pictures like let's let's start a blog and this was 2012 so this was a long time ago before there were like a zillion blogs and so we started a blog and it was called Spider Pug Lifestyle. Okay. I mean. What the heck? We literally were like, oh, people think our pug's cool. I mean, granted, <laughs> look at how much we've carried that on. I yeah. mean, Gritter Done Fitness was Mimi, Travel Life Freedom and Scrubs, Mimi, yeah. Traveler School, Mimi. Yeah. I mean, like, we, we, kept, we, we kept the pug. Yeah. That's true. But, but like, I mean, the name shouldn't have been Spider Pug Lifestyle. And I that remember is... my sister, I told her, she's like, I don't really know about the name. Like, I don't really get it. You know? Like, it should what... relate to what you're talking about. Yeah, and I was like, oh, you don't know what you're talking it's about. It's our lifestyle. <laughs> like, Pug doesn't care. <laughs> We're so annoying. Yeah, I know. But, okay, so we started that. And I remember, gosh, like, this is, we were just talking about this other day. I was like, that's the one thing that, like, I just like, ugh, like if I, I, you know, you don't regret things, whatever. But I'm like, damn, I wish we would have stuck with that because blogs weren't that big of a thing then. And the whole travel blog thing and sharing our lifestyle as new healthcare travelers. And we got to do so many cool things and it opened us up to travel and food and people. And like, I wish we would have stuck with that and really like had this beautiful blog, blog Nine years later, Re- like rating restaurants to go to when on contract, it's and like, it's like my dream. I know. I don't even know why we didn't stick with it. Like it was just one of those things that we did, and it just kind of didn't stay consistent with it. Um, I I don't really know. It just kind of fell. But we away. also never knew that you have to put time into something to create something in the end, right? If if people would have said back in two thousand sixteen. Yo, you could go film YouTube videos and stay consistent with it. 
and you could build an audience and you could build a community and this could lead to something like the thought of like starting a blog there wasn't a payday on the end of that blog right away and i think you and i were just differently wired that we didn't understand the concept of just doing what you love and it can end up turning into something or not yeah but like we were always looking for the business right you start something customers come boom yeah and and that's just a different way i was looking at it more of like a creative hobby and at the time again i think it's like who you are who you surround yourself with influences you so much like even just who you surround yourself with online and at the time you know i i knew like a couple like travel bloggers but it wasn't this huge thing that it is now and i didn't know any like other you know entrepreneurs or like youtubers or like so none of that was like on our radar Mm -hmm. so it's like that wasn't yeah if i would have been like really dug into it and like found you know like the blonde abroad you know like skinny confidential yeah i think they started their blogs you know 2010 2012 and like I was like, wow, this could be a real thing. And look, there's a traveler out there doing it. And like, you know, like I think that would have encouraged like us to keep going or it would have showed us what was possible. But we steered away from that. And mm-hmm. it's again, I look back and I'm like, damn, I wish we would have stuck with that, which is what we kind of transferred into video mm-hmm. with our vlog. And one thing that we really want to do when we do take our year to go travel is really documenting because it's one thing that is such a passion of mine always has been is I love to share with other people all the things that we're experiencing so that they can plan their own trip and be like go eat here go drink here go do this hike this place has the best coffee because I love that for myself well and how funny is that that I used to always edit and document with photos and make you little dvds of like photos with music behind it and then I would always like edit videos for family yeah and create these magical videos I was editing before I even knew what I was actually doing you, I just we figured were it out bloggers before that was even a I thing. used to volunteer projects at the hospital that I would edit um their these videos to help promote things yeah before I even knew that that was a thing I know isn't that crazy and again it just takes that that one person in your life or that one influencer that's like you find on a blog or YouTube or in community, whatever, that's like, hey, did you know that you could start a channel on YouTube for free and you all you need is a camera and you can document and share your experiences and people are doing this and it's such a great way to like share and create community. If one person would have said that way back then, we would have been like, oh my God, like, but Let's we, dive into this. But it wasn't a part of our awareness at the time for whatever reason. Because I know it was going on. It just wasn't a big part of what you and I were into at the mm-hmm. time. And I believe in timing and everything happens for a reason. So for whatever reason, that just wasn't our jam back then. But I'm like, if we would have started that way back in 2012. when and we stuck with it. When we first started healthcare traveling. Oh my gosh, that would have been like the coolest thing ever. It would have. So anyways, I think the point with all of that is just like to say too... If anything we're saying is sparking anything with you of like, you know, you, maybe you do like your job. It's not like you have to hate your job. No, right. Right? Like that's just our particular, and don't get me wrong. Like I don't hate ultrasound. Like, you know, I, I like it in a lot of ways, but it's just not my 
passion. It doesn't, it's just, I go through the motions of it. It's not something I enjoy to show up for every day, right? It's just monotonous. Well, I mean, me. it's back to the conversation back in Jacksonville where I said, let's just really put ourselves 20 years from now. You're waking up, your alarm went off, you're driving to the hospital, you're walking in, you're scanning all day, and then you're taking call, but you're in your 40s or, or 50s. Like, yeah. could you see yourself there? No. No. And Not I, that there's anything wrong with that, but that wasn't the life I wanted for myself. Correct. Again, and then on top of that, you know, it was like, could I see myself a manager of the department? Could I see myself a director? That is a fantastic job, and thank God there are people that do it. It wasn't for me, and that's okay. Exactly. But then it's like, well, then we have to pivot. We have to figure out something else because that is the line that we are headed for. Exactly. If we just stay in this right now. Right. And, you know, discomfort breeds change. And so circling back to what I was just saying, if you're at a place that you might feel uncomfortable in some ways or unsatisfied or bored or you're like, wow, like... Like, I'm an entrepreneur, too. Like, I want to create stuff. I want to create a side hustle. I want to do something creative and fun and make a difference and impact and fill a void in in some sort of market. Like, taking that time to, like, just explore different things. Like, again, we've explored millions of things. Hello, Spider Pug Lifestyle. Like, <laughs> worst name ever. You know? But, like, just take... The concept of it was good, though. Yeah. Take a step. Try something, right? Because we always say clarity leads... Or action leads to clarity. So it will lead you to the next right step and just keep like breathing like fire in or breathing oxygen into that fire like within and keep like taking steps to like let it come alive. Well, right. Little by little. Well, and I think like to be honest with you, the change, the catalyst of change was when we discovered entrepreneurial podcasts. So like how I built this. Uh, impact theory with Tom Billu, School of Greatness, mm-hmm. where they're all people are doing successful things and they might not line up. Like on how I built this, I'm I was listening to the lip, what is it? Uh, lip bar. Lip bar, but her story and her uh, difficulties that she ran into, like you can take a piece of you and say, wow, where does that fit for me? And become inspired by it and learn from it Mm -hmm. and say, oh my gosh, like I'm building tools. Again, you are the, 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 what is it? The, you are the product of the five people you hang around with. And what's really cool about that is that can be social media. You have the availability to get a master's in business, a PhD in business from Harvard, just by listening to these stories of these successful people and I'm addicted to it and it I've learned so much and it's taught me I've seen that in my life oh it wasn't about the fact that spider pug lifestyle was a horrible name the guts of it was fantastic you can just change the name and that's okay you're not going to lose your business by changing the name keep doing what you're doing and keep going and keep building and keep putting your own spin on it And it could lead down the road as long as you're loving it. As long as you're loving what you're doing and not doing it out of like kind of how going to the hospital. Just like, like, I don't want to be here. Because you're not going to be sparked by creativity and inspiration and really putting your best self out there. Yeah, I I think that's all very true. I also like we want to do a whole episode on this, so I'm not going to get that much into it. But I also think like, you know, just because you're doing something that is more enjoyable, like, it, oh, okay, so how do I want to put this? It's just sometimes, like, 
just because you work for yourself doesn't mean you love everything that you do. It's not like every day is rainbows and butterflies and sunshines and you're just like, oh my God, I love what I do all day, every day. I'm so happy. Like the, what do they say? If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And I get the concept, right? Like yesterday we worked for like 10 hours or eight hours, eight to 10 hours of like on different things and projects. And it was like, wow, it was a long day. I was freaking pooped by the time I went to bed. But it was enjoyable, like, but it was still work. It was still like, you know, we had dinner and we're like, you know, instead of going to take a shower and like watching a movie and kind of winding down, we're like, hey, we got to get this done. So let's gear up again. And that wasn't easy to do. It's not like, oh, this is so fun all the time. It's work, right? And so it's not like just because you're passionate about something or just because something interests you doesn't mean it's all fun. Building a business is there's a lot of logistical things. There's a lot of things to think about. There's a lot of like moving parts and things you have to learn that you never knew how to do before. There's technological things like there's a whole gamut of things and it's not all fun, but it's definitely more rewarding and meaningful because you're putting your creative juices into something you care about. And you're learning something new. Yeah. And and there are levels of our current businesses that we have that I dread. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. I'll hire out for that. But yet we never do. Mm-hmm. And I have to do it. But it's like part of it because it's the end result that I love. The yeah. end result of putting, like, we created this. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to get better if I suck it up and figure this out. But then you also look at it in hindsight again and realize, look how good I am at that now. I never thought I was going to be good at that. And look at what I'm good at. I don't enjoy it. I would never start a business on it, right? Or doing a service for it. But like, it's a part of our business, but it's a part of the bigger game. And I'm learning and growing. And it's not always and like learning you said. new skills. Yeah. You're learning new skills. I think the other thing that I wanted to say too, and we'll wrap it up, is that, you know, we we talk about the nine to five grind. We don't want the nine to five grind. Like every day to work home, you know, same bullshit, same Groundhog's Day. Yeah, it's like the same thing every day. And that was a part this that is a part of this job that I don't like, uh, the aspect of it. But realizing and we just had this kind of big cathartic thought or idea in the car listening to that podcast. This kind of came up. I think more so for you than me, but together as well. But realizing that it's not that I don't like the structure of a nine to five, because I actually do. I like the structure. I like the schedule. I like that you be here at this time, which then forces me to get up and go to the gym and get my shit together and head off to work. And, you know, I like the schedule because a schedule motivates you. It gives you parameters to get things done and it puts a fire under your butt to show up and get the task done, get the job done. And you need that. Like as an entrepreneur running your own business, like you can fart around, you know, till you know, one o'clock in the afternoon before you even start doing anything, which is what we would do, you know? And so we realized we really need to have a schedule when we are not working in the hospital. So when we are traveling, when we are working just for ourselves, we have a whiteboard where we have a very strict schedule and realizing we thrive in schedule. It's not like we're being bound, you know, of like the clocking in and the clocking out. And it's like we're controlling our own time. But it's still a schedule to keep us going and keep us motivated. Like, hey, get up. It's time to get shit done. You know? Well, it's funny that you said that because that was, I totally forgot about that. That I actually realized that moment 
I thought entrepreneurship means I wake up when I want, I do what I want, I eat when I want, I work when I want, and that nobody can tell me when to do that because that was something that I've always had an issue with. But then realizing that most entrepreneurs are the most structured people out there Mm -hmm. because you have to be. There's nobody holding you accountable but yourself. And I realized that making my own schedule is different than working for somebody else's schedule. And I think that was the biggest moment. And now we've realized these, this past week, you and I have wrote, wrote on our whiteboard, every night we make our schedule for the next day. And we write 8 o'clock, wake up, 9.30, run, 10.30 to 11, breakfast. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like down to the mm-hmm. last, I think we even scheduled sex one time, like on our whiteboard. No, it's on today's scheduled for 2.30. <laughs> so excited. it's just to the point of like, we realized that that's not Kim telling me what to do. That's me saying, this is how I operate in the in the highest level. Yeah. And really having that also allows a cutoff because mm-hmm. I do like a cutoff. I do like to just sit and be husband and wife. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be working until 11, 12, 1, 1 a.m. on my business. And then that continues because you can burn out with that. So I do like to have our relationship and knowing that we can literally cut off and we had a productive day Yeah, and it's not about somebody else's agenda. And so that was a big, big, big moment. Um, just recently that happened. It's the agenda you're setting for yourself because it holds you accountable Mm -hmm. and having a timeline. That's one thing why when we are working, we are very productive because we have time limitations. Mm -hmm. So we have to be somewhere. So we have this time to get this done. Like, it just it like we are we are people who thrive with the schedule and i think just owning that and saying that is how we do our best work and we need to incorporate that as we transition from a 9 to 5 work schedule cuz that's also all we've ever known mm-hmm. right that's all we've ever worked and it works for us but we want it to work for our business yes. and our and what we're inputting into that and and not necessarily in the the hospital you know, vibes of it all. Yeah. And I think, you know, to close this out, you know, just really, like I said, those podcasts that I mentioned, listening to podcasts, listening to YouTube podcasts, or just anything you can get your hands on, reading, whatever it is, hearing stories of other people that excite you, really excites me for this podcast. And just knowing that as healthcare travelers, we are in a great spot to even if you're a single traveler, to work as long as you can, save up your money, take time off to explore one of these passions and really see where it takes you and and get clear and go to conferences. And like, well, when COVID clears up, Mm -hmm. um, we were just talking about how much we miss conferences. Um, But literally like, it gives you that time that you don't have to quit your job. You can literally take an extended amount of time off, tell your recruiter you're taking time off. And then when you explore that idea, or maybe you need more money or more investment into your business, you can get another contract and work for as long as you need. And that's been the beauty of it. So really sharing this story of our story and also bringing more healthcare travelers who are entrepreneurs who have started side business on this show so that you can see that somebody has gone before you. There is a path created and all you have to do is fill in the gaps to your creative energy and what you want to bring forward really excites me and I know it excites you for this podcast because I want to give back what I received 
from podcasts and knowing that we're all healthcare travelers and we all carry that similarity, but some of us have built businesses and it is possible to do Mm -hmm. and showing you that it's possible, sparking that, that fire and then also inspiring you to take a step forward is what really makes me excited. So well said my love. And if you're an entrepreneur listening to this and you want to share your story, reach out to us. Um, Because we're going to start, we have a couple of people already in mind, our friends that we, in in the industry that are also entrepreneurs that we're going to bring on to the podcast and continue those conversations. Because that's one thing like we always want it. We we're making an effort to do more interviews and then we kind of like stopped. And so it's something we want to bring back, but really focusing on entrepreneurs um, in healthcare. But if you are one, DM us on Instagram at Kim and Aaron G. I think that's the easiest way. And let us know, like we want to start sharing stories of um, travel. Just kind of how they got started and, and what switched that, right? Like that's what I really want to yeah. know. Like what was that switch that did you always have it? You know, cause I want to know. Were you always an entrepreneur? Did you did it come later? Yeah. Like, what sparked? So, so I really, just, you saying that it just reminded me of I remember like everywhere we lived because we lived a lot of places as travelers. You would always say, and I thought you were so weird, <laughs> but like it's just a testament to how your brain works, right? Like, but you were like, I want to go. We would live in a lot of wealthy areas. Um, I, I don't know why, but it just yeah. seemed like we always do. And you would always want to go and knock on people's doors and ask them, what did they do? Right? Like, what did they do? Because you're like, we're surrounded by all this wealth. Like, what do these people do? Do they have their own companies? What kind of companies? Like, you know, what did they build? What did they create? And you were always so interested. You're like, I just want to go out there and talk to these people and see how they how they does their story align with mine is it a possibility for me i think you were so weird but i'm like i get it i was like there can't be this many ceos like i always thought a ceo is what lives in these like buildings or doctors right like or these buildings these buildings these houses and so just maybe somebody sparks something that i have a passion in and i didn't know about and so yeah it's funny i used to want to walk on ponte vedra beach and just ask all the people yeah which i think again is just such a a beautiful like uh, uh connection or what's the word like we balance each other because I'm also like I'm creative and I and I'm a visionary where I get ideas as well more so now but you're definitely like always having these great ideas all the time and like I'm really good at putting things into action so I think mm-hmm. it was just like such a cool pairing mm-hmm. you know of like bringing well, those then, things yeah. together and then it's also a testament to just us knowing whose skills are what and, yeah. and really elevating each other's skills mm-hmm. and me not trying to trample on your structure mm-hmm. and letting you structure it out and just letting me throw pizza at the wall and see what sticks yeah you know because totally. I do have that like I'm gonna shoot for the stars and if I miss I'm gonna hit the moon you know it's like kind of like you do and then I can bring more of a realistic approach to the yeah. idea. Yeah. Rain it in. Wrap right. it up. Yeah, we got to rain it in. Wrap it up. Rain it in. All right. Well, we hope that you got something from this show. Um, maybe it sparked something. Again, we do want to hear from you. Like Kim said, if you are an entrepreneur, 
in the healthcare traveler industry, please reach out to us. We'd love to have you on this show just so you can, you know, spark something in our audience and, um, you know, just really share your story, share your story so we can all learn from it, um, learn and grow. Yeah. And, uh, again, below I'm, or in the show notes, I'm going to put the link to check out traveler school and also our, uh, favorite resources for podcasts that we listen to that are, you know, entrepreneurial or just, you know, some of the coolest people out there just doing cool stuff, sharing their stories, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll put that below. And as always, if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes or share this out with a friend. We appreciate all the love and we'll see you guys next week. Yep. That's it. Bye. Bye.